today and tomorrow we will hear the words from the prophet Haggai. Yesterday, if you remember, there's a beautiful prayer uttered by a priest named Ezra. When he, when the, when Cyrus, king of Persia, released the captives, the Jewish captives from Babylon, they were not only released to go back home, but also King Cyrus gave them the money to rebuild the temple. He also gave them the golden vessels. And Ezra realized what God has done. He says, we have been unfaithful to you. We have been unfaithful. We have lost our freedom. We have become enslaved. But now in your mercy, you have given us this extraordinary gift. A king who is a Persian Iranian today, these Persians were Iranians. He uh, restored their freedom, restored their dignity and gave them everything, not only the freedom to go back, but also all the means by which they could restore both the temple in Jerusalem, rebuild it again, as well as just rebuild the city of Jerusalem. And so what we have here is there's a type of joy in Ezra and there's a great gratitude to God for the gift of his mercy, looking upon them and rescuing them. But what happened is this. So they go back, the remnant go back, about 50,000 go back. And initially they want to do right away, they want to rebuild the temple. They want to, um, so they rebuilt the altar. They laid the foundation for the temple. And, and what happened is, is that, as you know, when you initiate any type of work for God, there's always troubles, there's misunderstandings and all kinds of things that happen. And so what happened is that they had a misunderstanding with the, with the Palestinians who were there, well, Samaritans at that time, they were known. And so there was difficulty, as you know, there's history is still a history, seems like it's always there. So we're talking about 435, 400, this is before Christ, 100, 100 425 or so, 20. And, and so we have difficulties here, but what happens is this. So people take their eyes off, since there are difficulties, what they wanted to do is build their homes first, okay? At first they wanted to do things for God because they were so grateful to him for returning them back. But then they, they take their eyes off and they start doing things for themselves. So they start rebuilding their own homes, you know, their businesses, whatever, whatever it was. And so they took their eyes off God. And so God calls a special person named Haggai, Haggai, who, and it gives you very detailed information on the first day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. Okay, uh, the uh, Cyrus uh, already died, you know, the king of Persia, uh, and now Darius takes over. And so during this time, and so the Lord sends this prophet to speak to the people. And he says, thus says the Lord, the time has not yet come. He says, the people says, the people says, so God repeats what people are, 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 are doing. So it says, the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of God. First, we've got to take care of ourselves. We've got to take care of our families. We've got to take care of our homes. And so, so that's, this is what it is. And so the Lord is asking, is it time for you to dwell in your own paneled houses while this house lies in ruins, the house of God, the temple is in ruins. And so now the Lord says, continues, he says, consider your ways. You have so much but have brought little. 
You have eaten, but have not been satisfied. You have drunk, but you have not been exhilarated. You have you, you, you clothe yourselves, but not been warmed. And whoever earned wages, earned them for the bag with holes in it. Basically, the Lord says to, to the people, he says, if you don't focus first, the priority is not God, the priority is not his house, then, then what happens, you may have what you consider everything, or you're at least working for things, and yet you're not fulfilled, you're not satisfied. The wages you earn don't seem to be making, making, uh, making, you're not making sufficient. It seems like there's a, like a bag with holes in it, so whatever you have, seems like the money just drips out of that bag. And why? And this is what the Lord is saying, that if you don't put things first, God's things first, then you won't be really happy, no matter what you have. There'll never be enough of things. You'll never be fully satisfied. You'll always be going with less than you think you should have or that you could do. And so here, here the, the powerful teaching for today is that, which later on Jesus says, he says to us, think of the first, think first of the kingdom of God and everything else will be added on to you. Think first of the kingdom of God. And so often enough, and of course you are here, you gather, we have gathered for this Eucharist. But what the Lord is saying is to us is that build the temple in your, your, own, your own heart. You are the temple of God. Take care of that temple. Take care, meaning, meaning place things which are most important first, and then all the other things will be added on. And so this, this image today, of the, of the people of God. They were the remnant. They loved the Lord. They, they realized what God has done for them. But you know, in our life, it's the same thing. We start forgetting. We take our eyes off and we think of the difficulties or the children or the problems or the payments and mortgages, whatever work. We start focusing on those things so much so that then once we take our eyes off, then there's not enough time to even go to church. It's not enough time to even, you know, spend time in prayer each day. There seems to be there's never enough time. And we're always like running behind, running behind because the priorities are not exactly that way. And we're talking about everyone. You know, there's no such things as you or I. All of us are in the same boat. All of us can be preoccupied with things and we just we just don't seem to be able to do the things that we wish really to do because we love the Lord. We want to love him more. But 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 the fact is that why we get trapped in our own, you know, uh, things which seem to not produce the goods, even though we're so focused on trying to repair. Sometimes people say, I've been working on my marriage so for so long, seems like it's not really working. But can you pray with your wife or your, with your husband? Can you just set aside time for, to be with each other? You know, can you pray with your children? Or maybe they say, well, mom, I don't want to do this. I don't care. You know, whatever it is. But asking God, he says, Lord, help me to pray with my children or pray with, with my spouse or, or focus on it or take the time. Even though I don't feel like maybe the body is so tired, we're not. So it's hard to get up in the morning. And yet, and yet the Lord is asking us, do this and you will be happy. You'll have more time. Do focus on God and something will happen to you that it seems like things will fall into place. And so that's the invitation, you know, a big invitation to us from, from the first reading. But for us, that invitation is, you know, prayer, 
you know, even if it's not, if someone cannot set aside, you know, an hour to pray or maybe even half an hour, 15 minutes, but during the day, taking advantage of the time when you're driving, what do you do? How do you take advantage of the time when you're driving? Radio on, whatever it is, so, you know, or, or, or some other things. Can it be like, can we pray a chaplet? It only takes five, six minutes. It doesn't take much during the day. You know, taking advantage of the time that God gives us to, to really speak to Him, or maybe a rosary, or, or perhaps even just say, Lord, I just, I'm looking at my life, what do I do today? How I've forgotten you, or just have a dialogue with Him throughout, throughout the day. So it's possible thanking Him for things, thanking for ability to walk, to see things, to, to have, thanking Him for, for our families or for loved ones or for the work that we have, whatever it may be, that we incorporate into each day, to sanctifying day as the, in, the, in the prayers of the Liturgy of the Hours, we are to sanctify each moment by turning into God, offering, surrendering to Him. And so those, those are the ways of rebuilding the temple, the temple which, is, which, is, which will be alive in us. And then things somehow will fall into place where even if we don't have too much, it'll always be enough. You know, so, so this type of confidence in God. And, and so, so the Lord says to the, to the people of God, He says, go, consider your ways. Go up to the hill country, bring timber and build, rebuild the house that I may take pleasure in it and you may receive glory, that you may receive satisfaction, you may receive blessings from God because when we do things for the Lord, it seems like the Lord sends us his blessings and type of fulfillment and even joy amidst the difficulties that we have to endure. And today in the gospel, what we hear is this very clear gospel again, um, Herod the Tetrarch, you know, Herod, as you remember, uh, you know, the, the son of, the, of Herod the Great, uh, he's the one who eliminated John the Baptist, you know, I promised, uh, you know, he first of all put him in jail because John the Baptist criticized him, criticized him for entering illegal marriage, unlawful marriage, he took his brother's wife and lived with her. And, and so, so John the Baptist uh, called him upon that. He put him in jail, and as you remember that, what happened when he was in jail and, and his daughter you know, had the beautiful dance and he, he was kind of drunk and he promised, whatever you, whatever you ask me, I'll give it to you because he was so happy that he was entertaining all these big guests. And her daughter, please, you know, the daughter of Herodias, his wife, pleased him so much. And he says, I promise to give you anything you wish up to half of my kingdom. And then, of course, she asked for the head of the baptizer. And then he feels obligated that he, you know, all these military guys, all these political figures are there. So he carries out the wish. And so now, John, I have killed John. I have beheaded John. Now he's looking at someone as a political figure. He knows something's going on. There's some important person is there, and it's Jesus. Jesus is the one. He's doing extraordinary things in his in his kingdom, and and so he's asking a question: Who is he? And people say, Well, it looks like John the Baptist was resurrected. He says, I don't believe in resurrection. I don't believe so. It's not. It can't be John. Some people say, uh, Well, it could be one of the prophets, Elijah, who. Who, you know, as you know, he was ascended to heaven, he was taken to heaven. He came back, he says, again, Herod says, I don't believe in that. 
you know, he's a realist. He says, okay, can be. So he's asking a question, who is he? Who is he? Who is he? And we know the one who has come is the one who's helping us to rebuild our temple. He's the one who's restoring the very temple of God that God has created by forgiveness of sins, by, by acts of special gifts of Holy Spirit. He's the one who's restoring us into the very beautiful gift that God has given to us, our life, our glory, future glory. So Jesus is the one who's helping us because he knows that we by ourselves, we are not able to do so. That we always are, 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 are incomplete. We can't do it. We don't have the energy. We don't have the wherewithal to really focus on him. So he's the one who helps us by his gifts, by the sacrament, by Eucharist, by the gift of the Holy Spirit, by that ongoing presence with us. He's the one. And you know, and we have to say this today, we honor St. Padre, Padre Pio. Why do we remember him? Why people follow him? Why, why there's, you know, uh, six million pilgrims who go to his shrine in, in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, in Italy? Why? Why there are so many who belong to the special groups of prayer uh, as you know, he not only in, he only experienced what he did, but also he initiated these special homes for the suffering. You know, the special homes, places where people suffer, and then he created this group of people to to pray for them. So there's, there's several million people who are part of those groups, which which you know pray for those who suffer. It's like praying for them, a special, special way of, 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 of taking care of those who are, who are suffering. I had the pleasure of being in Rome in 2002, in June, um, and being in our house in Rome, you're always able to get some tickets to the special celebrations. And so I received a ticket to go to the canonization of, 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 of Padre Pio. And I will never forget the city of Rome was filled with, with, with just uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of people who came to the canonization and most of them were wearing these types of special colorful uh, vestments uh, who were members of those special groups, those prayer groups for Padre Pio. But I will remember, I, I will not forget, I don't forget this special moment when John Paul opened his mouth and, and he said, in a very way, he is Padre Pio, he says, son of St. Francis, Pio de San Francesco. And he, and he said it in a loud voice, Padre Pio, he says, Pio of St. Francis, there's like an outpouring of, of, a, of a great appreciation, this Capuchin Franciscan, you know, the people were there, hundreds of thousands, all the way to the Tiber River, the crowds were there. And then the second statement he says, and he says, Fio d'Italia, <laughs> the son of Italy. And then you should see what happened. You know, the people who reacted, and there were not, many were not only from Italy, but it was just, just the fact that he captured, captured this, this um, moment of appreciation, just like St. Francis. Padre Pi was a son of St. Francis, just like St. Francis who had stigmata, Padre Pio had stigmata. Uh, just as St. Francis wanted to rebuild the church, 
and so that Padre Pio wanted to rebuild spiritually the church. And this is why he would spend 10, 12, 14 hours hearing confessions every day. In, in, whoever came to, to went, went to confession. So it wasn't just a stigmata, which caused them so much problems. You know, for, 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 for a number of years, he was just rejected. He was considered fraud, that he was doing this. It was just, he was attacked from every direction. He could not even celebrate publicly mass. He would celebrate in his cell because of, because of the attacks against him, that he was a fraud. But we know that he was the real thing and God gave him the real gift of stigmata, and God gave him the real gift of being a witness to Christ. So that's why he could do such things, especially on behalf of those who were spiritually broken, to be in the confessional for 10, 12, 14, or sometimes even up to 18 hours, so not even sleeping much. He would be there for the people, and, and, and people receive extraordinary graces. He was able to even recognize, read souls. So people who went to confession to him, he would remind them of the sins that they have committed, they have forgotten. Uh, so he would be able to to address some of the areas of that brokenness. And whoever en encountered him, whoever came to him, was 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 touched so profoundly by, by the humility and, and love of that man that, that they were able to change. Now, the other aspect is celebrating Eucharist. As you know, you know when he was able to do so publicly after a period of, of being on a sort of lockdown, uh, he would celebrate for an hour, sometimes two hours, sometimes longer, because God gave him this gift that he was, as he was celebrating Eucharist, he would participate in the sufferings of Christ. As you know, it's Eucharist. We are, it's a memorial, which means it's, but it's, you know, for in, a, in a biblical sense, memorial, which means that which you partake and you participate uh, because for God is, there's no time. So we enter into this timelessness of God and we enter into his real, real participation. And so he participated in sufferings of Christ, his, his crucifixion, his death and ultimately scourging all those things which are part of this Eucharistic sacrifice because Christ has offered himself as a dawning sacrifice for us. You know, on the last supper, he took bread and took wine, my body broken for you, my blood outpoured for you, the blood of new covenant. And so we see how it took place on Good Friday. We see the sufferings and, and, and scourging and everything else that, that are part and parcel of that which Jesus gave to us. And of course, he also has given us resurrection. And so it was Padre Pio who um, would just, at moments when he was celebrating mass, would stop. He was not up to him. And, and he couldn't control it. The Lord gave him the grace of participation in his suffering. Um, suffering as being a gift from God, the gift to participate in the sufferings of Christ is redemptive. And you know, I don't know if you had a chance to see Father Chris living, living divine mercy. You know, you may go, maybe you go into the EWTN, the whole show yesterday, that 30 minutes was on participation in the suffering of Christ and the redemptive nature of that suffering, redemptive nature for those especially who love the Lord, receive greater gift of sharing in his suffering. So if you consider yourself that you're getting extra, 
extra cross you have to carry, remember that somehow the Lord shares these gifts with those who love him. And why is because the Lord wants to save everyone and he has by his gift of offering himself, he gave us salvation. Salvation is given to us, but somehow he allows us to participate. St. Paul understood and knew this. He says somehow for the good of the church, for the good of those who are alive, that he shares with us this gift of redemptive love. So may we then today, as we celebrate this Eucharist, um, whereby we are entering into the timelessness of the offerings of Christ, when we participate in it, that we may thank the Lord for everything, for his gifts, how he gives himself to us, especially uh, you know when we receive him in the Eucharist, but that we may understand that on that night before he was to suffer, he took bread, he took took uh, took what wine he knew for blessing to God and said this is my body this is my blood the blood of the new covenant the body offered for you and that we may at the same time realize that we need to rebuild our temple with the gifts of God especially the Eucharist to rebuild the temple of God so that we that our priorities may be focused on him that we don't scatter our energies that we don't waste time because you know every moment spent on you know stupid things and on, on you know things that don't really bring anything you know and, and every moment is a waste of time and lately I have seen so many people play these games I've seen young people and older people just playing stupid games, which is pure waste of time rather than reading scripture. And what do you win? The little balloons flying and little lights flashing and what do you get? Nothing. So that you, you're able to, to do, you know, accomplish what? Nothing, you know, and wasting time, wasting time. We have to ask the Lord to help us to create priorities in our lives. So may the Lord then through the Eucharist, through his gifts, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, help us to organize our life, that we may live for God, that we may live for, for God's love, that we may live and incorporate his ways and take care of our families according to God's ways, so we may benefit richly and also uh, share this richness with others. We know that God is there for us. Jesus is always with us. He will never um, leave us untended. He always take care of us, but we have to place our confidence in him, seek the greater gifts, seek the kingdom of God first, and all the other things will be added on to you. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey 
with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.